Hey, you know, one of the things I've enjoyed in this series on water is that it relates to everybody, whether it's Peter and Jesus walking on the water, whether it's a talk about baptism, or possibly throwing your nets on the other side of the boat and bringing in more catch than you could imagine. Today, I wanna to talk about a well. I wanna talk about a well that is a well spring that Jesus has designed for each of us to be able to tap into. But you've got to know where the well is. Join me, if you will, in John chapter four, beginning in verse four. The scripture says, he had to go through Samaria on the way. Now the he is Jesus. Jesus is on his way to Samaria. He's leaving Galilee, which is up here, and he's headed to Jerusalem, which is down here, and in between is Samaria. Now, if you think there are racial tensions in America today, it's nothing compared to the racial tensions between Jews and Samaritans. So if you were a good Jewish guy, you would leave Galilee to head toward Jerusalem and you go around the coast like this, or you go around modern day Jordan like that. It would be like a big 285. It's about a three day walk that Jesus is on, leaving Galilee, headed to Jerusalem, but he chooses, instead of going around the perimeter, to go right through the middle of Samaria. Now, I find that interesting early in the text because what we see is that Jesus is taking the more difficult route. Even though it's more direct, it's more difficult. Why is it difficult? Because of people. Have you ever noticed, wherever three or more are gathered, you got a problem? I mean, people are the challenge, but Jesus is all about people. Everything he does and everything he's for is about relationships. So Jesus leaves with this intentionality to go directly. Now don't miss this. Right after that, it says, eventually he came to a Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field where Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Now in that field, Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please, give me a drink. All right, don't miss this. Jesus is showing us his humanity in that he is thirsty. Keep in mind, this is noontime in the middle of the Middle East, blazing hot, and Jesus has been on a walk. He stops at a generations old well, and there's one woman there, and he says, I'm thirsty, can I have something to drink? Now, if you're at a well like this, and you're in the middle of the Middle East, you need water. And so Jesus says to this Samaritan woman, may I have something to drink? Now that doesn't sound unusual to me and you, but for Jesus to stop as a Jew and speak to a Samaritan, that would have been unheard of. You talk about a cultural faux pas, that was it. Jesus would have never stopped to talk to a woman alone, a Samaritan, and then there's something unique about the woman. Let's go through the rest of the story. In verse 11, it says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. Now, this is the first clue that Jesus talking about a different kind of water. She says, you don't have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? You see, if you went back up to verse 10, Jesus makes a statement and this is why I separate it because I want you to pay attention to verse 10. Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. 
You see, like everything Jesus does in the Gospels, he's talking to her on two different planes. In his humanity, he's speaking to her about water that he needs, she needs, and her home needs. On a second level, he's speaking to her need of spiritual living water. Like every miracle in the scriptures, like everything Jesus does, two things are happening. There's a look at the personal, there's a look at the spiritual. And what we find that this lady needs both. Now, there's something interesting about why she comes at noon. This lady has come out of this town, Sychar, and she's all by herself, and it's the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day. Why would she choose to do her work in the hottest part of the day? And the answer we're about to find is this. This woman is known as a woman of ill repute in her city. She's known as a sinful woman. We might look at her today and say she's a hussy. We would look at her and say, wait a minute, you've already gone through five husbands and now you're living with another guy you're not married to. Girl, get up and wash your face, right? But the problem is the whole town knows this gal, man, she's a sin-filled woman. But Jesus sees her as somebody in need and he stops. Even when it's something cultural, he bucks the system and goes the other way. It's a counter-culture event. And Jesus replied in verse 13, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And this woman, listen to what she says, please, sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. You see, for her to come in the middle of the day, she wasn't welcome among the other ladies. She wasn't welcome in her town. Everybody knew her as a harlot. This is not a woman that she hung out at the women's club. She wasn't a part of the garden club. She didn't play chess with the other ladies. She was on her own. Well, Jesus says in verse 16, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Now, do we think that Jesus doesn't know? Or is it possible that he's finding a communication to let her confess her sin to him? Go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus says, you're right, you don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. This is beautiful. It is a picture of how when Jesus comes into our life and he's in our presence, what happens is we begin to recognize that we are sinful people just like her. But Jesus doesn't condemn her. He simply asks her to tell the truth. When we come to Christ, we come and we confess our sin. That's what she does. And Jesus applauds her for that. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here in Mount Gerizim where our ancestors worshiped? And Jesus said, believe me, dear woman. You see that? Jesus doesn't say, believe me, you harlot. Believe me, you outlier. He says, believe me, dear woman. I love that. The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship while we Jews know all about him for salvation comes to the Jews. But the time is coming indeed. It's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. Well, later on she says, well, what exactly are you? And he says in verse 26, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that's come to bring you life. I, I am prophecy fulfilled in my own person. And she sees that. 
And you know what she does? She runs to town and she tells, and many come to faith. Now watch this, this is a big picture before we take a break. This is one of the longest conversations that Jesus has in the scriptures. And he had it with a person that was an outcast of society. Before we take this break, I wanna remind you, many of us are outcast today. The society's already written us off, they're done with us. And in the middle of that, Jesus comes and says, dear you, dear sir, dear ma'am, come hear my message. Let's take a break. I'll come back to finish our sermon in just a minute. But Zach, lead us in a time of worship. This is a little bit of an older song, um, but it's particularly appropriate for this passage of scripture that we're in today. The reminder that Jesus is the well that doesn't run dry, that he's the one that satisfies our soul, that nothing else can do that. life we will find that we will be yearning in this life we will find the world won't satisfy in this life we will find
thirst no more when we drink from you drink from you we will thirst no more thirst no more when we drink from you drink from you we will search no more search no more when we drink from you drink from you we will search no more search no Uh, thanks, Zach. I love that song, and I love how we worship loud and proud. You know, this story of Jesus with the woman at the well, I want to remind you from before we took a break, Jesus is on his way. He takes the more difficult route, although it's straight, into Samaria. There is great tension between Jews and Samaritans. Inside the text, you notice that there's a conversation with Jesus and this woman about where they worship. And Jesus makes a point about you worship at the base of this mountain. You see, Samaritans were like a sect that broke off of the Jewish people. And they set up a temple. And in that temple, they believed that that's where God lived. The problem is God, the one true God, had come to the Jewish people and was in the temple. He was already there. The tabernacle was in Jerusalem. So when we see that, there's a schism between Samaritans and Jews. It was a political fight. It was predominantly a spiritual fight. And there was great tension between Samaritan Jews and Jews to the point that Jesus probably should have never spoken to this woman. But Jesus doesn't see color. He doesn't see race. He doesn't see politics. He doesn't see the foolish things that our human eyes do. And you know what Jesus does? He steps into this woman's life with great compassion and calls her dear lady, dear ma'am. He says to you, dear sir, with no condemnation to whatever's going on in your life. And he says, I want to bring you eternal water. I want you to give you a spring where spiritually you don't have to pull up the well because it's within you. There's a bubbling up. There's a spring. Have you ever been around where a true spring is like the headwaters and you can see the life of it? I mean, fish love to be there. It's oxygenated. It's, it's flowing. It's live. 
This is what Jesus says he is in our life. He is alive and well inside our soul. Well, then the question between these two comes up to, well, then where do you worship? You know what's beautiful? Jesus makes a point here that the where you worship isn't the issue. The who you worship is. And I would say to you, friend, Jesus never says that you ought to be at that church or this church or that kind of church or that kind of church. Jesus doesn't look at our worship that way because what he's asking is what this woman did, what Peter did after walking on the water, what Peter, James, and John did when they left the boat and joined Jesus. And that was this one thing, to fall on their knees and worship him. When he steps into your life with no condemnation and all compassion, we worship him. And G Jesus says, I am the Messiah. You know, can you imagine this woman who's been an outcast for all these years and someone treats her like a human being? Someone is gracious and kind to her? This is what Jesus does. Now, the challenge is to go back to Jerusalem, she might face the bullying Pharisees. She might fi find the people who would say, you can't associate with her. Even when Jesus' disciples had come back from town from gathering food, the question they want to know is, why were you hanging out with her? Why, she's a hussy. She's a harlot. Why are you with her? And she's a Samaritan. But Jesus' reply is, she was thirsty for what I offered. And he gave her life in abundance. And he gave her life eternal. Friend, right now, wherever you're at, Maybe the world's called you an outcast. Maybe you have called yourself an outcast. It's possible you looked in the mirror and thought, I'm like her. Maybe nobody knows it, but deep in my soul, I'm like that. And Jesus says, come on, I have a well that will live within you and it will bubble up and bring you life and abundance and life eternal. There was every reason for Jesus to culturally not be with her. There was every reason for him to just blow her off, but he didn't. He didn't caught up, get caught up in an argument about Samaritans or Jews. He didn't, caught up in, didn't get caught up in an argument about where they worship. He didn't care that she had come to him and in great need and she was the kind of person that in the middle of the day, you, you would be a horrible Jew to be found speaking with her. Jesus didn't see any of that. What he saw in her is what he sees in you. What he sees is someone in need of a savior. You know, when, when I look at the riots and the looting and I see the, all, all of the protests, I think to myself, I'm so grateful that they have a voice. I'm grateful as a church, we've chosen to say, yes, Black Lives Matter. I, I'm grateful that we've said that this is foolishness. We gotta stop this sense of ongoing racism in America. We've come so far, but there's so far to go. This is why the church has to speak into this because honestly, folks, this isn't a problem of politics. It may play a role in it, but it's, it's not primarily an issue of politics. It's, it's not primarily an issue of geographical location. What this is a problem, it stems from sin. This woman needed forgiveness for sin to break through the problem that Jews and Samaritans had. Black, white, Latino, Asian, doesn't really matter. If we're to heal our land, we need the same message Jesus brought this woman at the well. We need to recognize that we need to be forgiven and let him cleanse us from all that sin, from the sin of racism and bigotry, from the sin of selfishness, and from the sin of running away from God. Friend, 
don't be guilty of missing the blessing at the well today. He says to me and you, come on, I've got water, living water, that will bubble up within you when you accept my love and my way. You say, well, Chuck, I'd like to do that, but what's that way? Well, it's pretty simple. Jesus just says, call on the name of the Lord. So you don't need a prayer, you don't need a church, you don't need a class, you don't need a tithe, you don't need a mission trip, you need one thing, to call on the name of the Lord. And it may sound just like this. Answer this question for me. Would you like to secure your future? Well, yeah, Chuck, of course I would, in a time of uncertainty, especially now. Then you can secure your future by calling on the name of the Lord. Jesus, come into my life, clean me up, make me new. I wanna follow you, I'm tired of life my way. And God, would you do in me what you did at that woman in the well and give me that life of enjoyment and joy bubbling up in my soul. Friend, if that prayer means that Jesus has spoken to you and you've heard it and you want to answer, leave us a note, raise your hand, call us, email us, whatever you do, but don't miss the power of Jesus at your will when he says, can you give me a drink? And you dig deep and find this well of living water within your soul. I'm so grateful that you joined us today. I trust you'll let this Jesus go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. I trust you'll let him go within you and bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment. And I trust that you'll come when, in days that are difficult like they are now, and you'll hop on his back and you'll let him carry you through the middle of this season only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead and wrap his loving arms around you so you can hear your Savior say, my child, I love you. God bless you, friends. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us today. What an incredible day it's been, worshiping, giving, an incredible challenge from the Word of God. It has just been an incredible day that we have been able to spend with our Lord and with each other. We'd love to still hear from you. If you have any prayer requests that we can pray about or anything else you want to share with us, just put it in the chat feed right here. We'd love for you to participate with us in that way. Thank you for joining us. We hope you have an incredible week. We look forward to seeing you again at the midweek service. Peace out.